Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Uh, you know, it's, 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 I'm look, looking forward to the day when you got to have like special singers during offering time because it takes so long to do offering, you know, just you got all the people and, you know, just so praise God. Hey, just to give you a heads up, starting this Sunday, we're starting a new series. Uh, it's going to be called Meat Eater. And so, man, it's, I'm, I'm excited about this one. And so right around the time of hunting season. Uh, I mean, how, man, I don't know if you like a good steak, good venison or whatever, but man, uh, we're going to dive into some things, so you'll just have to come and be a part of that. Uh, and uh, in fact, I don't even know if I should tell you this. I don't know. Yeah, I won't tell you just because you just never know how these, you just never know how these things turn out. But uh, I'll put it this way. I'll just kind of give you a teaser. Uh, I'm, I was looking ahead today and planning some things for next year, and you know, February is uh, um, Valentine's season, and so I'm, I'm planning ahead as to how we should project in some, uh, this, the messages that we minister along that line, and uh, I've, I've got some friends out in California, man, I'm just saying too much, aren't I? What am I saying? No, I'm not going to take you to California. Uh, well, <laughs> well, there's just some people out in California that we could possibly have some connections with. And uh, I was just kind of excited as to the potential of things that could. So I reached out to them. And so we'll just see how that plays out. So stay tuned until February. Don't go nowhere. Just come back around in February. And we'll, we'll, see, how, we'll see how that works out. So, <laughs> All right. That's good. <laughs> anyway, so hey, we're going to jump into uh, a different uh, direction tonight. Obviously, if you recall, you've been here for the last few weeks. We've been ministering on the subject of the authority of the believer. And that which Christ has done for us through the redemptive work. And so we said we're going to take a different turn and kind of head in a different direction. And if you recall, we said that these uh, midweek services, we kind of want to do them in a life group setting. And so, again, we're still tweaking some things and thinking about how we're going to continue forward. But just tonight begins the start of a new uh, teaching, if you will, that will run for the next couple weeks that uh, will just help us in this walk that we have with God. And actually, as I began to prepare and just really what some things that really stirred my heart to go this direction was just a result of some things that you begin to see within your church. And I was talking to the Lord about it, and the Lord reminded me of something that uh, a minister friend had said to us years ago. Uh, her name is Billy Brim. And one of the things she said, she goes, you know, if you'll notice in your church, people will go through different things and, you know, just face challenges and obstacles and things of that nature. But she said, you know, one thing that you need to pay attention to is that if it seems as though there's multiple people throughout the church that are going through the same things, then that is an attack of the enemy or it is a spiritual attack. And, and so... I've just been noticing some things as of late. And I said, Lord, I said, we need to really just kind of minister along those lines. And one of the things that I've been seeing is just that people seem to carry this heaviness, the cares of life, 
just overwhelmed and overloaded with stress and distress, uh, just mental anguish, just emotional stress, uh, caring about depression, and again, just the heaviness of life. You know what I'm talking about? And, and again, you, you realize that it doesn't take a whole lot for us to really experience those things in life or just to, to carry the weight of those things if we're not careful, right? And so I, I said, Lord, I said, I just, I really feel like we need to address these things. In fact, for that matter, if you know somebody that is really carrying a, the, the, the weight of the world and is depressed and just really struggling in some areas, I encourage you to invite them to these midweek services because I believe it will help them. But in talking to the Lord about this in this particular area of, of moving forward, the Lord said to me, rather than talking about that per se, he said, minister on the subject of faith. And he began to share with me a couple different things as to why that's necessary. But you realize that the Bible says this. It says that we walk by faith and not by sight. And obviously he's speaking to believers. He says we walk by faith and not by sight. And so if you think about it from the standpoint of the weight and the heaviness of this world, distress and stress of life, depression and emotional baggage that we carry. Why is it that we experience that to the degree that we do? It would be because we're walking through life through that which we see. Whether it's real or unreal, whether it's tangible or untangible, whether it's far-fetched or it really makes all kinds of sense in the world, it's we're looking at the circumstances of life and saying we don't have the ability to control them and therefore this becomes my reality and it becomes an overwhelming burden that I carry in my life and therefore again I'm walking by sight regardless whether it's real or not. It's real to me. But the Bible says, on the contrary, rather than walking by sight, I can walk by faith. Now, this is what God has said for every believer, that we are to walk by faith and live by faith. And the Bible also says in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, in fact, it's the, the entire book is talking about faith, how great men of God, even though they went through great tests and trials and faced tremendous obstacles like you and me it continually said that these men lived by faith and it goes on to say by faith by faith by faith in fact in that chapter of chapter 11 it says over 21 times that by faith by faith through faith in faith by faith that they received from God the Bible says that we receive the promises of God by faith the Bible says that we subdue kingdoms or take our authority that we've been talking about. We do that by faith. But the reality is, is that a, a good majority of the body of Christ does not know what faith is. Now you might say, well, I, I guess I would say faith is trusting. Well, that's an element. Or some might say, well, it's, it's merely believing. Well, that's part of it. But it's in, in its entirety, there's more to it than that. And several members of the body of Christ, the majority of the body of Christ, doesn't know what faith is. They don't know how to get faith. And if I was to get faith, what do I do with the faith that I have so that I can actually walk and live by faith and obtain the promises of God by faith and to use my authority by faith? How do I do this? 
And again, most Christians don't know how it operates. And so through this, understanding how faith works, we can begin to experience the life that God is desiring for us to know. And, and, and for that matter, when we talk about living by faith, if we were to really take a survey of believers, most people are not living by faith. They come against obstacles and they're saying, God, I need to ask for a miracle. And they're wanting to go from miracle to miracle to miracle. And on the back side of that, they're hoping and wishing that God might do it. But the Bible didn't say that we live by miracle or live by miracles. He says we live by faith. So there's a distinct difference because God's still in the miracle working business. But if all he ever did was perform miracle after miracle, then he would be nothing more than a genie in the bottle. You know, God, I hope, hope you listen to this one. God, I need, a, I need a big one now. But God says, I want you to learn to live by faith. And if you'll learn to live by faith, you can experience the promises that I've given you and live the life of victory versus just going through life being beat up and hoping and wishing. So we're going to dive into this subject of faith tonight. And uh, there's three elements of faith if we have the time to get into them. Three aspects of faith. But to begin with, if you have your Bibles, let's look over into Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. And this is really just going to be very foundational looking at the subject of faith. And we'll expound and build upon this as we go. Learning how to live by faith. It says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Now, again, we're going to back up and look at some more verses here in a moment. But in verse 17, it says this. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let me say that with you again. It says, so faith then, or so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, faith resembles, or I should say, faith can appear in many different facets of life. For instance, my children can have faith that we're going to go to McDonald's after we get out of church tonight. Now, the only way that they can have faith that we're going to go to McDonald's tonight after church is if they have heard that we are going to McDonald's after we get out of church. So faith always comes through hearing. That's the number one way and the only way that faith comes. So then faith comes by hearing. So like I said, it can take the shape of many different things. You can, again, my kids, if I said, kids, listen, we're going to get happy meals. Man, we're going to do it upright, man. We're going to do, do the cherry pies. We're going to do whatever you want to do. We're going to get the hot fudge after the, you know, we're going to do it. So upon hearing that, I see my wife laughing back there. My son's probably back there. We're going to McDonald's? No, we're not going to McDonald's. I said, if you did hear me. (laughs) See, hearing. My little boy's hearing. He's like, all right, Dad, all right, come on. Are you getting what I'm saying? If I said to you, listen, I'm going to take you all out for hot fudge after we get out of here tonight. We're going to McDonald's. You'd be like, well, if I hear it and I believe what you're saying, I'll see you at McDonald's, man. 
a double hot fudge with peanuts on top of it, right? Just that's, that's how I roll. But listen, the Bible also says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So therefore, my faith in God or this ability to walk by faith with God is contingent upon hearing the word of God. So upon hearing God's word, faith begins to well up in my heart. But the interesting thing is it does not say that faith comes having heard. It says faith comes by hearing. Right? So it's a continual thing that faith comes. You know, I think of my children once again. uh, Just in the example of saying that we're going to do something. I tell them, okay, we're going to do this. And they're like, okay, great, going to do this. And, and it's typically my, my middle child, my, my middle daughter, Addison, that will come and ask me 50 times, hey, are we going to, are we going to, are we going to? Didn't I tell you that we were? Why are you continuing to ask me? Well, part of it's just her nature. But you realize that when it comes to having faith in God, Just having heard does not give me living faith to live by. It says having faith or hearing by the word of God. So think about it. You're facing an obstacle. You're facing some great challenges in your life. And the doctor gives you a bad report. The bank comes and says there's no money in the bank. And you're thinking, well, there was yesterday. All of a sudden, you're against this great obstacle. And you're expected to have faith. But I haven't had heard the word of God in the longest time concerning certain areas of my life. And now this thing seems to be so huge in my life. Well, why? Because it's no longer living faith. It's just having heard faith. Right? So there is this element of hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God that produces a faith within me. Amen? So, with that being said, let's drop down to, or I guess back up, if you will, to chapter 10, verse 1. He says, Brethren, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. So let's stop and break it down for just a moment. He says, listen, you have had a zeal for God, but you don't have a zeal based upon knowledge. And since you don't have knowledge, you don't know how to obtain the righteousness of God in your life. Have you ever seen individuals that are zealous for God, or I should say zealous for things, they're excited about it, but know nothing about it, right? Or, or, or for instance, you know, uh, having a desire to, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. My, my son, he just had his birthday yesterday, and he was very zealous in the sense that it was his birthday. 
and, and he was very zealous in the areas of things that he was going to get. He's like, hey, Dad. In fact, he got one early in the morning. And, and uh, my wife got him a, a, an action figure. And so he's like, hey, you know what? I really like this action figure. It's the red one, but I was really wanting the gold one. <laughs> and so he was really excited for what was to come later on after school. Well, he never did get the gold one, but he was real zealous about the gold one that he could possibly get, right? Well, he didn't have knowledge of receiving that gold one. Why? Because there was nothing telling him that he was. He just had a desire for it. Well, God says there is a righteousness that was available to you, but you're zealous to obtain righteousness with God. But it is not based upon knowledge. It's based upon something else. Now, it goes on to share and tell us what that is. He says in verse 4, he says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to, the, to everyone who believes. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law, the man who does those things shall live by them. By the righteousness of faith speaks, or but the righteousness of faith speaks in this way. So in other words, what he was saying, you're zealous in doing, th in doing things, and you think that those things in which you do put you in right relationship with God. And he says, you're basing that on only what you do know, which was the law of Moses, but Jesus came to make you righteous. And so because you don't know what Jesus came to do, what you're trying to do is do things through the arm of the flesh or walking by sight and doing things by the law that if I do things right before God, I'll be righteous before God or with God. And he says Jesus came so that you don't have to do that. But because you don't know that, you can't partake of what Jesus came to give. All right, so he goes on to say here in verse 8, he says, but what does it say? He says, the word is near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart that the word of, is the word of faith in which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord, for there, for the same Lord uh, over all is rich to all who calls upon him. Verse 13 says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved so notice what he says here he says i've come to you to preach the word of faith now remember we said in verse 17 faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god not everything that you hear is the word of faith you can go to a lot of churches that will tell you, you know in order for you to be be right with God, you got to do X, Y, and Z. In order for you to be right with God, you got to do this or you can't do that. And so therefore, it's based upon works, if you will, and acting righteous before God. But Paul said, he said, there is a word that upon hearing it, it is full of faith. And upon hearing that, it will produce faith that you can act upon. Amen? Does that make sense? Not every 
message that you hear, not every preaching and teaching that you hear is full of faith. Amen? I mean, have you ever heard somebody tell you, well, you know, when it comes to miracles, miracles don't happen today. That was back then. God don't heal today. You know, that was back then. Well, if you hear that, it does not produce faith to believe for miracles or believe God for help and healing in your life, right? So, well, I guess just up to the sovereignty of God. If he likes to, wants to, maybe he will. But it doesn't give me the ability to have faith for it, right? So he says, this is the word in which I preach. It is the word of faith. So in regards to this faith that we have or this this faith that is in the word the word of faith is in the message that is preached and therefore upon hearing it faith can come but notice what he says upon you receiving what you hear that produces faith it also reproduces or produces corresponding action that you begin to say something so what was it that he was teaching or preaching it was faith in Jesus Christ right It was very specific. And he says, now, if you believe what I'm teaching you and it has produced faith in your heart, he says, now the next thing that you'll do is confess Jesus as Lord. And upon confessing Jesus as Lord, you shall be saved. For all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right? And so when we look at that scripture, when he speaks of this word that he's preaching, it's broken down into two different categories, if you will. There is the word that in the Greek is defined as logos, which is the written word. And he says, therefore, I'm coming and teaching you the written word. And if you receive the written word, then you can rhema word or the word rhema is the spoken word are you tracking with me so what i'm saying is is that the written word of god will produce faith so that you can begin to experience the rhema word that is spoken and so your faith is exercised in the words in which you speak so i'll ask you this question can a person go to heaven merely by believing in God can a person go to heaven merely believing that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead he says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth you shall be saved so therefore faith came But once faith came, there had to be corresponding actions to exercise my faith that was showed up in the form of my voice or me speaking. I confess Jesus is Lord, right? So let me give you a different example as to how that's illustrated, but in a different direction. You remember the story when Jesus met up with his disciples and he says to him, he says, let's get in the boat. And let's go to the other side. Remember that scripture? He says, we're going to go to the other side. Let's get in the boat and and let's go to the other side. And so as he gets in the boat, the Bible tells us that Jesus goes to sleep. 
And then a great storm arose and it beats on the, the ship and, and, and the disciples are fear, fearful thinking they're going to lose their life. Finally, they go find Jesus, wake him up and says, Jesus, don't you care? We're going to die out here. And then the Bible says Jesus stands up, rebukes the storm, says, be still. And he turns to his disciples and he says, where was your faith? Now, for most of us, we think, well, dear God, Jesus, why are you being so hard? I mean, we had to wake you up. You were sleeping. I mean, you didn't give a rip about what was going on. I mean, the storm was beaten. We were almost ready to lose our life. And here you are sleeping, but you turn around and you ask us, where's our faith? Well, why did Jesus ask that question in the first place? Because Jesus said before they even left, let us go to the other side. So Jesus wasn't concerned what was between point A and point B. He just knew he was going to point B. And obviously, there's going to be challenges along the way between point A and point B. But if we hold fast to what Jesus has said, we'll get to point B, won't we? So why was it that they were verbalizing what they saw? Because they weren't living by faith, walking by faith. They were living by sight. Right? And what was coming out of their mouth? What was the truest reality in their life? This storm is going to kill us. They were seeing what was in front of them, experiencing what was going on naturally, and their words begin to articulate what they believed. And all the while, they heard the words speaking, saying, let's go to the other side. So you understanding just having heard the word does not produce enough faith for you to weather the storm. It's having heard to the point that you believe that you believe that you believe that you know that God is faithful to his word. Amen. So what that means is, is that I've got to get myself into the word of God to where this word becomes real to me. Amen. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my provider. Jesus is my deliverer. It's really good coming to church and hearing the pastor stand up and saying, oh, Jesus is our healer, praise the Lord. And we're like, yeah, that's right, pastor. Until we face the storm of life and we're thinking, dear God, the doctor said. Well, I realize that there is a truth in what the doctor said, but the question is, is what does the higher truth say? Because the higher truth will supersede the facts if we believe in what it says. Because it's living faith. Yeah, Carl's a great example. Now, I don't know necessarily that, that he believed for himself, but we gathered around him and we said, we believe and we're going to hook up with you and release our faith with you. And God showed up. Amen. Amen. Now, here's the thing. Now that you see the miracle or the hand of God working, and, and, and you see, here's, here's one of the things where we end up uh, stumbling at times. Because God is merciful in meeting you where you're at. And I've seen it throughout the years in, in uh, Reverend Kenneth Hagin. He's a, a mentor of ours uh, over the years. He since went home to be with the Lord. But one of the things that he said is he said, very seldom do you see a child of God receiving a miracle a second time. Because upon receiving the first time is the mercy of God. 
But he's instructed us to walk by faith and not by sight. So the next time he expects us to grow and mature in our faith, to receive by faith rather than going from miracle to miracle to miracle, living by faith, by faith, by faith. And do you know the scripture says that we go from faith to faith? Well, why is that? Because along the journey, we don't live from mountaintop to mountaintop, do we? There's always a valley in between every mountaintop. Well, in the valley is where we develop character and learn to trust God. If all we ever did was go from mountaintop to mountaintop to mountaintop, there would be no need to trust God. There would be no need to develop my character because, man, all we do is we go from, whoo, on top, on top, on top. But it's facing the trials Knowing that this too shall pass, we're coming through and going to the other side. But all the while, I'm learning how to trust God in this. I'm learning how to live by faith. Amen? God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the God that I believed yesterday is going to be the the same God that I believe today and tomorrow. Amen? I'm growing in this faith. I'm learning how to exercise my faith. Now, with that being said... uh, In regards to the word in which we hear, our faith will connect with the word of God and the word of God will connect with our mouth in declaring that which we believe. Now, if you will, let's flip back to Romans chapter 3. So you can say, how do I know whether I'm, I'm in faith or not? Remember I said when it becomes living faith, it becomes spoken faith. And so whatever's in a man's heart is going to come out his mouth. And so therefore, depending on what you're hearing yourself saying will identify where your faith is. Remember, we used the example of the disciples in the boat. Their mouth identified where their faith was. Man, we're dying. We're going under. Jesus, don't you care? Had they understood what Jesus was saying from the beginning, their conversation would be different, right? So in Romans chapter 3, Romans chapter 3, verse 27, he says, where is boasting? For the sake of time, I'm just going to share this one scripture. He says, where is boasting then? Is it excluded? By what law of works? No, but by the law of faith. So he's saying, how do you receive? Do you do it by works? See, once again, so many times in the body of Christ, they have thought, well, if I just perform, if I act right, do right, please God, then God will perform for me. And that's not how we receive from God. And if that were the case, then how do we know what's good enough to qualify to receive from God? He said, it's not by works. He said, it's by the law of faith. Now, the Bible says that we're redeemed from the curse of the law. So we're not under the curse of the law, but we as believers still function under law, which is the law of faith. So how does the law of faith work? Well, it works like any other law. If it's applied to a circumstance or a life, the results are the same every single time. 
In fact, for instance, uh, if I was to challenge you to say, go climb up on the roof this evening, and let's just pray that God, you know, rescues you and sends angels just to give you a soft landing and just jump off and we're going to see God do miracles right now. How many of you think that we would see a soft landing? <laughs> no, we might see splat, right? Well, why? Because there is a law that is called the law of gravity. Whatever goes up has got to come down. And so for you to jump off there and expect anything else, short side of having a parachute or a rocket launcher or something, you're going down. You're breaking something, right? It's a law. And laws always produce the result they're intended to produce. The law of lift. If you've ever been in an airplane, there's the science behind the law of lift. And you put all the mechanisms together and you can make this big giant metal boat with wings fly. Because of the law of lift. You apply the proper laws every single time you will get the exact results. Because it's a law. The Bible tells us that we can function or exercise the law of faith. And therefore, if I know how faith works, I can get the results every single time in my life by learning how the law of faith operates. Amen? So, first of all, how I begin to receive faith is that I've got to hear something. I've got to hear the right things. I've got to hear what God says concerning my circumstance, whatever I'm facing. For my depression, my soundness of mind, for uh, my healing in my body, for God uh, providing in my life. If I don't know what he says about it, then I don't have the ability to appropriate faith, right? Are you tracking with me? So, for instance, just giving you an example understanding remember we saw there before he says that you were zealous but you were zealous not having knowledge so let's just say I had in my pocket I had I had just uh, a wad of money and in my my hand I said you know what I've got hundred dollar bills here and whosoever wants one of these can come up and receive one of these hundred dollar bills upon me saying that could you confidently come up and say, I'll take mine? How many of you believe that you could? You could come up confidently and say, I could receive. I got three, got four, maybe five, six. One, okay. All right. Now let me say it another way. I say, I've got a whole wad of money here. And there's at least $1,000 here with these wads of 100, uh, this, this wad of $100 bills. And somebody in this room is going to get this. I'm going to give it to somebody. Based upon saying that, could you come up and confidently receive that money and say, that's mine, I'll take it. How about the second one? Who says you can't on the second one? You got a couple. A couple shaking the head. All right. On the second one, you could not. The first one, you could. 
you could have all kinds of zeal on the second one and saying, hey, you said somebody in here is going to get that whole wad, the thousand plus dollars, and so I'm coming up and I'm claiming it. And I said, well, somebody. I didn't say you. I said somebody. So you cannot have faith to say that that's yours. But on the first one, I said, whoever, whoever desires I have enough for everybody in here, and if you want one of these, you come up. And because of my words of saying, whosoever, that means anybody. That qualifies you to say, hey, I get in line right now. Does that make sense? And so when it comes to receiving from God, that's how we approach God oftentimes as having ze zealousness to say, well, God, I think you said, God, I need, or I'm zealous because it's a huge problem that I have right now, but have no confidence in understanding or knowing what God's will is. Therefore, I can't have faith. But if I know, if I know what God's word has said and said about me, then I can have zealousness with confidence and have a great expectation to receive the promise that God said. Therefore, I can live by faith and believe. Amen? You know, I think I shared this with you uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, I was out of town, and uh, we were just believing God for some things, you know, just ministry-wise and personally. And uh, as we were out of town, in fact, I was at uh, our pastor's uh, Pastor Mark Hankins, at one of his meetings, and I'm wrestling with God because I'm saying, God, man, uh, we, need, we need finances, you know? And, and I don't share this with you for the sake of any other reason other than to share the faithfulness of God. And obviously, we don't ever come to you saying, well, you know, man, we're just really struggling. We're really, oh, dear God, if you don't do something. No, that's not why I'm telling you. I'm just telling you God's faithful. And so uh, uh, several weeks back, what, a, what was it? Uh, September. Uh, going to this meeting is like, God, now's not a good time to, to be given right now. We just don't have a whole lot of revenue. It's not a good time. But I also know that the Word of God says, you know, where you receive a spiritual things, you sow of your natural things. I said, uh, so, God, if I'm looking at what we have need of, there is a deficit of multiple thousands of dollars. And what we have in the bank right now is not enough to meet the needs of just what's required. And so I just got mad. In fact, when I was talking to my wife, she's saying to me, she goes, hey, what do you think? You know, you know it's not a good time right now. I'm like, you know, well, if it's not enough, then that just simply means that it's seed money. That just means it's, it's, it's money, it's an opportunity to trust God right now. And so in that moment, I just said, okay, God, your word works or it don't. Your promises are true or they're not. I can take it to the bank or I can't. And so, God, right now, I don't have enough to meet the needs. And so what I'm going to do right now is trust you and be a giver. And I'm going to sow seed and I'm going to bless the ministry that I'm a part of. And, God, if your word doesn't work, then I guess we're going under and we're just sayonara. And so we sowed and it was significant. And so I came home. That was a Friday night that I came home. Uh, Saturday morning, I had to be over in uh, Jackson, Michigan. Had a board meeting with the church over there. And as I'm driving over to the meeting, I'm reminding the Lord, Lord, I just sowed some major seed. 
and we have a major deficit right now, multiple thousands of dollars. So just want to remind you what your word says, that if we give, it's given back to us. If we'll purpose to trust you, you'll be faithful. I said, so, we're just trusting you. And so, went to the board meeting, drove back home. Well, you know, I'm just like you with like anything else. You know, there's the voices that come, and they start saying, what are you going to do if it don't work? So I just got mad. I said, well, devil, what are you going to do if it does work? So what are you going to do if it does work? And so I just started reminding God again. Your word says, and what am I doing? I'm stirring up my faith. I'm reminding myself of the word of God. God, you said, and more importantly, Mr. Devil, I want you to know what the word of God says. So you're coming and you're telling me all this junk, but I want you to know what God says and God is faithful. And so would you know that that next Sunday, all the money came in and we were in major red, but coming into Sunday... We were in the black because of the faithfulness of God. I mean, it was just extraordinary how God moved in that moment. But it was just a matter of trusting God in his faithfulness. Does that make sense? So God is faithful to his word. And if we know what his word says, we can begin to express and release our faith concerning those very things. Amen. We walk by faith and not by sight. So I can begin to experience a lifestyle of having faith. Now, think about it. You mentioned Carl earlier today. You know, when God shows up, did you know it has a way of changing your expression? You get excited, man. I mean, like, dear God. I mean, I remember when, when Carl got the results. I mean, he was calling on the phone. Hey, I just want to let you know, man, there's, they didn't find nothing. You know, I did not hear him. Hey, Pastor, just want you to know, I just got out of the doctor's office. Yeah? Yeah. Took some x-rays and uh, they didn't find a thing. I'm so disappointed. I don't know what I'm going to do now. Guess I'm just going to go home and watch TV now. (laughs) You know, you think of, uh, was it Eeyore uh, from Winnie the Pooh? Oh, it's me. No, he didn't talk that way. He's like, hey, I just want you to know. Test came back great, man. They didn't find a thing. See, there was an excitement about the faithfulness of God. But here's what we oftentimes do as well, is that we're like the children of Israel, where we see God show up and do the miraculous, and we're thinking, man, God, you're so good. And we live this lifestyle for just a brief second. We're excited about it, and then something else comes along. Oh, dearest God, did you see what happened now? Listen, it's just another opportunity for you to trust God. And if God did it then, he'll do it now. He's the same God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the fact of the matter is, is that if God did it then, then I should have a greater expectation of God doing it now. But for some reason, I have short-term memory, and it just happened yesterday, but all of a sudden, today's a new day, and I forgot what God did. (laughs) Right? I remember not too long ago, oh gosh, this was a few years back, and I'll leave you with this, with this, this example, because once again, God is longing for us just to simply learn how to trust Him, walking by faith. But I remember it was just a matter of a, a couple years ago. Somebody had blessed, blessed us with some money. 
And it was, it was a chunk, of, it was substantial to us. And we're like, wow, praise God. Thank you. And we're praising God, thanking God for his faithfulness. And we're thinking, wow. But then I started finding myself giving account for everything that I did with that money. I'm like, okay, God, I got my tithe. I got my offering. Put that over there. All right, God, we need this. We need this. And I put that over there. And I started pinching the pennies on everything that God blessed us with. And finally, God said to me, and it was almost like a stern voice, like, you're acting like I'm never going to bless you again. Kind of like he was irritated with me. It's like, you're acting like I'm never going to bless you again, and you're trying to stretch every penny and designate it here and there. Why don't you just lighten up and loosen up and let me bless you more down the road? And I had to repent saying, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for letting my eyes get on the lack in these areas here and letting it move my faith. Amen? So praise God. Just learn to live by faith. How do you live by faith? You live by faith by simply knowing what God's Word says. Amen? And if you don't say anything, then that little girl back there will keep amen. In it. That's what she's saying back there in baby talk. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. All right, did you get anything tonight? Like I said, tonight was just merely foundational. I didn't get into so much more than I wanted to share, but we'll get there, all right? So, share. subscribe to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life